Hi, and welcome to Seppa Stories. So I do apologize for any delay in getting back with you. It's been a very hectic week. It's been a very hectic few weeks, but as always, I have been scouting and scouring our fan fiction sites for really great reads, and I have a treat for us in this episode. This episode, I had originally scouted this story oh, probably in early May. And when I reached out to the writer, this was actually the story I had intended to ask permissions to read for first. And I did get permissions. Uh, But at the same time, I also found another story by this writer that I really enjoyed. And that story was episode six, Let the Search Begin, by Daughter of the One True King. Today's story is the original story I initially found called Keep Running. And this is also written by Daughter of the One True King. The story was initially found on the fanfiction.net site. And it looks like this is the first um, of a Quidditch League Round 3, which it says she's captain. There's some author notes. And this is actually really wonderful because... What I like about this particular story is that it's about the Creevy brothers. And I think what I love about fan fiction so much, and I hope that you do too, is that sometimes fan fiction pieces write about characters that we wish we knew more about. So in this instance, we have a story about both Colin and Dennis Creevy. So let me tell you a little bit about the ratings on the story as I normally do. This, as I've mentioned, is called Keep Running by Daughter of the One True King, and it says Colin and Dennis have choices to make on May 2nd, 1998. So this is um, the writer preparing to write a piece about um, the battle, or getting ready to fight in the Battle of Hogwarts. This is rated T. It is written in English, and we have elements of angst. Our characters are Colin Creevy and Dennis Creevy, who are brothers. And um, at the time this was published, it only had a couple of reviews, but was already being selected as a favorite. And the story was initially published on May the 8th, and it is a complete fiction piece. So with that, I really hope that um, you enjoy this story as, as much as I did. And as normal... None of the characters or of the um, writing that we're about to share this fan fiction piece. Um, while it is inspired by Harry Potter and the characters created by Rowling, in no way plagiarizes or is claiming ownership of that intellectual material so or merchandising or any of that. So with that, let's begin this wonderful story. And this is called Keep Running. Written, written by Daughter of the One True King. And we will begin now. As Colin Creevy stared at the normal ceiling of his normal bedroom in his equally normal house, he resented everything that had led him to be there. The Death Eaters had taken over the Wizarding World, and it was no longer safe for him and his family to be involved in it. Ginny Weasley had shown him some protective charms she'd learned from Hermione Granger, and he'd implemented them around their house, taking hours to perfect them with his amateur skill. 
the protection was working, but only if none of the family left or allowed anyone else in. From the minor bits of information he received from Neville and the others through the enchanted coin from the D.A., the wizarding world was getting more and more dangerous by the day. So this was little trouble. Dennis wished, however, that he could go beyond them, see his friends, or walk down the street. Given the current danger, though, that was impossible. Dennis and he were both wanted by the ministry. They'd gotten letters ordering them to go to the ministry and be recorded in what was known as the Muggle-Born Registration Commission. According to Neville, this was simply a smokescreen in order to root out all the Muggle-Borns and dispose of them. The Creevies have moved from their house in Wales to a small flat in London, so they would be untraceable, but they were still scared. Colin or Dennis stayed on watch at all times, just in case they were found and attacked. Colin had drawn the short straw tonight. Dennis was asleep in the next room, and Colin was awake, terrified for his family and worried for his friends still at school. He had never felt like this before. Moving his gaze from the ceiling to the picture on his nightstand of a family trip to Paris before his first year, he ruefully thought of his excitable younger self. He'd give anything to be like that again, believing that the wizarding world was just a wonderful place. He wanted to use the item inside the, the port key that Neville had given him at the end of the previous school year with the words, Use it when you need to get back here. However, he knew that until someone was willing to make a stand, he never could. His thoughts were interrupted by a burning sensation in the pocket of his pajamas. Confused, Colin pulled the enchanted D.A. coin from his pocket and stared as the previous words, Keep safe, please, from Jenny, changed to, Harry's in the room of requirement. We're fighting. Come quickly. Colin couldn't believe it. After almost a year of sitting at home terrified for himself and everyone he cared about, they were finally going to be able to do something. They were finally going to fight. He was halfway through putting on his robes and yanking open the drawer to pull out the port key, a snapped quill, when he heard his bedroom door creak open. Gripping his wand, he aimed it, but immediately relaxed as he saw it was just 14-year-old Dennis. His brother held up his own coin and said rather grimly, You saw it too? Colin nodded. Yeah, it's finally happening. We're going to show you-know-who. He just can't take over without a fight. Dennis gave his brother an incredulous look, eyeing the open drawer. We can't go. We're just kids. What was that whole year we were in the D.A. preparing us for if not to battle you-know-who, Colin demanded. You can stay, but I can't just sit and let my friends fight for their lives without me. He pulled out the broken quill, being used to support key, knowing he had only, he only had to hold it for a few seconds before it would transport him away. But nothing happened. He stirred at the port key, willing it to work, but it just stayed immobile and a normal quill that belonged in the bin. He was further taken off guard by Dennis drawing his own wand and casting a spell in Carceres. Colin immediately felt, found himself covered in ropes, and he scowled at his younger brother. Colin, think. If we go, we're likely going to be sent back anyway. 
We're too young to fight in a huge battle. McGonagall would never... I don't care what McGonagall says, Colin exclaimed, struggling furiously against his brother's ropes. I'll sneak in and fight. I just can't sit by and let this happen. Dennis's eyes grew sad as he asked, even if it means you might die. Colin gave his brother a firm look as he said, I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. Me, Mom, Dad, our friends at school, random people we hear about on the radio, I just can't sit by while others take the risk. Dennis tried to respond, but before he did, Colin had managed to twist his wand to face his bindings and said, Relatio! The ropes fell to the floor, and Colin jumped up and raced out the door before Dennis could stop him throwing a quick paramenta behind him to slow Dennis down. They were outside before Colin heard Dennis exclaim, Colin, no! Expelliarmus! The spell missed by quite a ways, but it was enough to stop him. Unfortunately, Dennis kept going, barreling straight into Colin. They crashed to the ground, elbows and knees striking each other. Colin felt a heavy impact on his face, a sharp pain, and then the blood spurting from his nose. You can't stop me from going, Colin warned as they finally stood and faced each other. I'm not letting my friends and everyone at Hogwarts do this alone. I have to help. Your port key malfunctioned, Dennis reminded him. How are you going to get to Hogwarts anyway? It took Colin all of two seconds to come up with the answer. I'll run to the leaky cauldron. I can either flew to the hogshead from there or get a port key looked at and, and fixed. He knew from previous notes on the DA coin that the Hogshead Inn was the entrance to the Room of Requirement. It seemed all too likely that there, that would be where everyone would go to avoid the new Death Eaters installed at both in the village and in the school itself. Dennis sighed in defeat. I suppose I can't stop you if that's what you're, if you're just that determined. Can you just promise me something? Colin nodded earnestly. He understood his brother's reluctance to let him go, but he had to help his friends. How could he call himself a Gryffindor if he didn't? Anything, Dennis. Dennis took a deep breath before he spoke. Please, come back. I don't know what I would do if I lost you. The moment, Dad. His voice broke, and Colin couldn't resist approaching his brother and bracing him. I promise. I'll be back before you even realize I'm gone. He tried to sound like his old chirper self as he said it, but at Dennis's discouraging look, dropped that and said, Seriously, Dennis, I can't make any fool promises, but I will fight hard, and I'll know I'll make it back to you by morning. Extricating himself from his brother, Colin dropped the now useless port key and started to run. To what? He wasn't sure. But he knew he had to keep running. All right, my friends. That was the conclusion of this amazing story. We'll have a quick break, and then we'll join you, um, or I'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about this really marvelous story. So stay tuned. Hi, and welcome back to Seva Stories. All right, so 
This is the commentary part of this episode, and if you just wanted to enjoy the story and would like to continue on to the next story that we have posted, this would be the time to do that. If you would like to stay tuned to hear a little bit about you know, some of the things that worked for me as a reader in reading the story and sharing it with you as the listener, please stay tuned. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a few points this wonderful story makes. All right, so with that, let's, let's talk about Keep Running. One of the things I really love about this writer, Daughter of the One True King, is that in Let the Search Begin, which is a story we covered back in episode six, um, and in now in this story, we have sibling relationships, and this writer knows how to write about, you know, being a sister or a brother or, you know, having a sibling. And when I originally read this story, um, the, you know, when I saw it the first time and read through it, I really, really enjoyed the relationship that this particular writer was able to bring forward in her writing. So, you know, it was very, I, I like how this writer, how Daughter of the One True King, really manages to capture the innocence of being a kid or being a young person. And in this instance, you have Colin and Dennis. And they're both very much worried, you know, for their families and their friends. And they're muggle-born. So, you know, they're on a on a list of, of basically, you know, they're wanting to be, they know that the uh, wizarding community is, is looking for them to make them register. So I really enjoyed how this story very much follows canon in that, you know, we know that uh, Colin Creevy does join the Battle of Hogwarts and in the story we find out that, you know, of course he loses his life within within the canon. And, you know, it was one of the sad points or a sad sentence, you know, because he did have, it's a battle and there were deaths. So this was one of them. And this is a character that, you know, from the films and from the book, you really start to like, you know, this, this is a character, I, I believe, that was running around with the camera and, <laughs> and, you know, he was following Harry and pretty much hero worshiping. And then, of course, when his younger brother, you know, comes to Hogwarts, he's just excited, you know, as his big brother, I think he fell in the lake and, and the giant squid puts him back in the boat, you know, and so these are two younger brothers who are very much a part of Muggle society, who find out that they're wizards, and in the same way that Hermione is, and, you know, they they are trying to fit into a world and society that doesn't really want them, and, so, you know, there's this war that they just kind of enter into. And in the canon books, I really love um, almost the parallel. And, and I think this is a very conscious thought for people who, basically people all over the world. You know, if you had grandparents or great-grandparents who fought or were a part of World War II or had family members, you know, I think the whole world was caught up you know, in World War II in one way or another. So it is it is something that we all share 
a kind of collective memory. I had relatives, my grandfather himself served um, in the U.S. Navy, you know, in the Pacific. So, so hearing from your relatives or seeing memorabilia, you know, now so many years after the war, uh, we don't have, I think, any concept in the way the family members that were alive and, and living this did. So I think that the canon has this marvelous device of paralleling what happened in the rise of World War II to what was happening in their ministry here, you know, and of course in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And in this story, you're hearing about how they're hiding, they had to move, um, they have friends who are at school, they're not allowed to be at school. And these things actually kind of reflect things that happen in our modern real world. And um, especially if you study history, you know, you, you find out some of the programs and and rules and restrictions that were, were put into place um, in World War II, you know, towards, towards you know, um, people. And to find, you know, to see that kind of happening here, you know, to have a demographic or, or population be discriminated against, um, this was a really, it was a really wonderful, not really wonderful, because this is never wonderful, but it was, it was brilliantly done to showcase and reflect in this story, those events, in a way that was relevant to the readers of our modern age. And you could put yourself there and have empathy and see it, even though it's dressed in, in magic wands and um, wizards and, you know, witches and, you know, spells. The story's the story. And with so much happening in our world today, you know, you, you hear these things and you're like, oh my goodness, this can't possibly be real or these, these events can't possibly be happening. And yet they are. And, um, and I think history has a way of repeating itself. So these stories, that's why I think fan fiction, and in particular a story like this is so important is because it recalls to the reader or the listener the very true human element that is present in any dispute or struggle or, or, or battle. And, you know, as, as humans, we um, have the capacity to, to love and do great things. We also have the, the capacity to do terrible things and to be caught up in the world as it, as it is revolving and, and events unfold. So this worked for me. I liked all the care this writer took to really research what was going on to be able to make the story believable as if it were a side piece to the original canon. Like if, if this were a part of the story, like in, in this part of, you know, <laughs> the world, this is going on, it would fit in. For me, this would work um, as a reader. Some of the details that I really loved were how Jenny Weasley had shown him some protective charms that she'd learned from Hermione. So she's passing down this knowledge. And of course, Colin and, and Dennis 
I think tried to protect their house as best they could, but of course, you know, with their amateur skills, these are these are young people, and they're trying to do some really serious magic uh, to keep their families safe. And there's you know some pieces that they couldn't get all the way, so like you could only be in the house or you couldn't go out. So you know their magic had some limitations because they were just learning themselves. This Muggle-born Registration Commission, you know, Neville's warning them, you know, not to get caught, not to approach, you know, wizarding population because they're going to get picked up and forced to register, which is really a smokescreen, really just to find Muggle-borns in, as Neville so very bluntly tells them to dispose of them. So they're very much, you know, living in fear. And then you have both Colin and Dennis staying up every night on watch, you know, and what must their families be thinking, you know, their parents, um, trying to keep their family safe. And so you have this, this um, survivor story happening between the brothers and, and trying to keep their family safe from attacks. And I love how Colin is just so very brave and and it gives an explanation of how he ends up at Hogwarts you know what brought him to that point and then how his brother you know is just begging him you know don't go and then you know we're just kids and and then come back you know and and we know of course what happens as the story unfolds but it's that bravery and it also makes me think you know of every war story where the young man enlists, you know, or the young woman enlists, you know, and, and has visions of being a hero, but also knowing full well the risks that they're taking. It made me think of um, young soldiers who volunteered to go to Vietnam or were drafted and went. And I know that was a very harsh uh, time for for people involved in, in that conflict. Um and how very difficult that was. It's, I remember this from my very young years and how this influenced so much of our nation's culture during those years. So to see these children, um, that, that bravery and running into battle full tilt, you know, that I thought this was perfectly showcasing those moments and what young people must face in every situation when when they volunteer to go go to battle and you really wish that there were no battles you know if maybe the world were a better place or there were more instances of inclusion and more care of each other as human beings the necessity for war wouldn't be there and um, you, you never want war or conflict to be a necessity. There's enough of the world for us to all share. So, you know, it, I thought this was a beautiful and poignant and sad story, knowing how we know the story will unfold from the can. And this is a piece that could very easily be inserted in it. It just would flow wonderfully. So Daughter of the One True King really has a knack for writing these stories, she picks up details, you know, that really make it fit in, like the DA coin, um, the broken port key that was the feather that, you know, didn't 
the quill that was broken. You know, those details really add, sprinkled in like this, really add to the story and, and make it make it so that it's so tightly and, and accurately written that it could be part of the canon. And I think that's the highest compliment any fan fiction writer could, could get is like, yes, your story is so marvelously original and good enough that it could be with the original piece itself. And that's saying something. So I really like this writer's stories. So I would encourage you uh, listeners to get onto fanfiction.net and some of these writers are also uh, publishing in multiple sites. Some of them are on archive of our own. They have pages that are on Tumblr. Um, there's another site called adultfanfiction.net, but these are all more rated M stories is what I'm seeing there. Some people have stories on Wattpad. So, and some people have um, their own blogs. So, get out there. Um, check out these sites. There's apps. And there seem to be more and more sites where people are publishing. Some are publishing directly to Facebook uh, through different fan sites. This one is fanfiction.net. So if you haven't set up a membership, get one set up and check out these wonderful stories. And at first, there were 820,000 independent stories out there. You know, all combinations of being in pro and you know process or progress, some completed, um, some in all different kinds of languages from all different types of you know stories. But there were eight hundred and twenty thousand stories when I first launched this podcast, and in that time, there's another thousand. So, and this podcast is pretty new. Um, so that tells you how how many stories are being posted and shared and and put out there for you to enjoy and read and and talk about. So get out there, read some stories. Uh, you certainly know that I will be reading these for you as well. I am reading every day. I love fan fiction. So as I find stories that kind of appeal to me, and I hope you like my taste in picking these out, I will be reading them to you. And I'm trying to find all kinds of pairings and ships and... Um, all different kinds of tropes for you, tropes or types of stories, big stories, long stories, series, crossovers. I'm trying to give you, the listener, a really huge diversity of what you might like to listen to. So with that, this story was Keep Running by Daughter of the One True King. Check this writer's other stories out. They are worth the investment of your time to check them out. And with that, We'll see you next episode. Thank you for joining SEPA Stories.